Graham Lennon. How are you doing, Graham? Good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. When I last spoke to you, it was just before lockdown, which was a weird time. Um, and you kind of predicted a lot of the stuff that ended up happening in terms of like the excessive isolation and complete what I'd view as misunderstanding of society towards the, the points you were making. Uh, what was that like to survive? Oh, gosh, it was rough because the COVID happened uh, in tandem with uh, with my, you know, complete cancellation, which, which you know, which is a word that's bandied about. But what it really means is just that, that you know, isolation, complete isolation from everything you knew before. Really, so during you know? the years of COVID, the peak when you weren't allowed to go to the fucking shop, were you on your own for 18 month period? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really tough. With a suspended Twitter account. Suspended Twitter account, which made it worse. But I'll tell you, it did have a, a positive effect, which was I began um, a substack uh, about the issue that I've concerned myself with, which is women's rights. And um, it just meant it just meant I was incredibly productive for like those two years. Why, when you're Googled, are you known as an anti-trans activist as opposed to a women's rights activist? Because every time we try and change it in Wikipedia, it changes back within 15 minutes. Basically, Wikipedia is edited by people who, you know, have a lot of time in their hands and have uh, have uh, their own particular um, access to grind. Apparently, there was some sort of uh, some sort of uh, power struggle in within Wikipedia, within the moderators a few years ago uh, between, you know, people who shall we say, I don't know, well, how, how would you put it? People who were very pro-trans rights at the expense of women's rights and people who were pro-women's rights. And they basically, apparently, elbowed out the, the women's rights uh, moderators. And it just makes it much more difficult now to uh, to have those pages um, be in any way kind of even-handed. When I sat with you in 2020, uh, you were talking about the the possible kind of not regrets but fears you did have about what the consequences for this were going to be um do you think that you've come out the other side of it now and you're not at the worst and it's only up from here or would you go back and not get involved in all this i would do almost everything exactly the same um you know there what people don't realize is that my approach which was you know, uh, confrontational and angry because I was so angry about what was being done. Do you have to perform when you're being an activist in terms of like, are you actually angry or do you know that you have to stay in character? Like you have to do No, no, I'm just regularly angry. Yeah, <laughs> round the clock when you're tweeting something, it's actually affecting your hour. I mean, here's my thing. I think my, my, my feeling about it is that it's like there's a fire in a house and I can't really do anything until the fire is put out. I think women's rights are being absolutely destroyed. Gay rights are being destroyed. Um, and the, the thing that's being erected in its place worships, you know, straight cross-dressing men, and it kind of confuses and gaslights young dysphoric women. So I feel like if we don't act and act quickly, this will continue and there'll be another generation who think they need surgery or drugs to be their true selves when in fact all they're doing is setting themselves up for a lifetime of hospital appointments and disappointment you know the sinking sand of despair Smell of dread in the air I'm head to toe in my own fear I'm going to die and I need to cry
Can I give you one example? Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you know straight men are going on Grinder now uh, to uh, predate on young women on testosterone? They're predating on young women who are very vulnerable and who've been told a terrible lie, which is that if they take testosterone, they'll turn into boys. You know? So so basically... But what, I mean, can you ever get... Will you ever be able to achieve the power with the commitment to this to make a change via society that is clearly rotting at the hands of social media given the wrong idea about things? Yeah, well, maybe not. But, like, you know, all you can do is do things like this and hope that, you know, uh, enough people get the word. Like, you know, that's what the book was for. I realized that the uh, approach that I had taken, while it was good at kind of slowly building an audience of committed people who were worried about the same things I was worried about, the the mainstream kind of breakthrough hasn't yet happened. And I think if people knew that straight men were predating on young women on, on Grindr and that, le and that you know, straight men were going on to lesbian dating apps and calling themselves she, her and, and uh, you know, uh, in a very homophobic way intruding on these spaces. Yeah, I think they would. I don't think they'd support it. But, you know, the way we're all born and then we die at the end of the day as individuals and all the things we experience are um, based off what the fuck society was doing at the time. Still life, death, heartbeats, heart ends. Why has this become so much enshrined in your identity? Like, do you think you've got lost in it I, a bit? No. Well, here's my question: Why aren't you uh, campaigning about it? They're mutilating kids. They're sterilizing children. You know, and in the old days, like we, 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 before all this started happening, we would always ask ourselves, "What would we do if there was some terrible thing happen happening?" Do you there? think it's the primary issue in, in the world, though? I think protecting children, protecting women is, yes, the most important thing there is to do. We saw just what happened in Israel, uh, the the way that the murder of a thousand two hundred plus people was shrugged off as if it was nothing. The rape of women. It just shows to me that there's been a gradual um, uh, deterioration of um, our kind of ethical sense. And I think it's partly due to five years of calling feminists bigots when they stand up for their rights. There was not a moment of mourning for those 1,200 people before people were on the streets campaigning for Palestine. You know, there's like, there, there, where, was the, where was that moment where we all mourned uh, one of the, the biggest atrocity that's been visited on Jews since the, since the war? Is it not our complete search for meaning with the fact that we can't find a fucking point to the fact that we exist that causes all these ridiculous controversies that at the end of the day are always going to exist as long as as long as humans don't have a fucking answer to why we're here whether that be yeah well that's a big question and i can't answer it the thing i can answer is should women have fair sports yes should women be uh safe in prison and and rape crisis shelters yes these are things we actually can affect and what confuses me is why more people it would not actually take many people to change the situation like Barbie Kardashian in a Limerick prison for however many years, you know, in four years, he's going to be out with self ID. He's going to be able to get into any women's space he wants. He's a violent misogynist, you know? So again, why isn't everyone fighting this? And, and, and when people say I'm obsessed, one of the weird things about this fight is that there's a real kind of, uh, you know, three monkeys attitude to it. You know, uh, journalists don't report on it. You know, uh, the, it, it, no one is we never got to have a discussion 
about self-ID in Ireland. It was just introduced in 2015 without any debate, you know, like there was a debate, but it wasn't really a debate. People still don't know it's a, it's, it's the law of the land over there. Um, so, you know, if politicians and journalists and comedians, I have to say, uh, were doing their jobs correctly, they'd all be talking about this. Unfortunately, it's all left to me. And because, because it was left to me, I was easily picked out uh, by the other side, you know. We've always made shit up, though, haven't we, though? The history of humanity is just a new thing in order to survive. And we're slowly kind of moving online into a virtual world. So, of course, our genders, how fucked up we were going, we're going to be one of the last things we killed before we officially kind of became robots. Well, apparently, uh, it's kind of a, a historical fact that uh, a lot of societies, uh, uh, di you know, di went into decline around the same time they started getting odd ideas about gender, you know. And this one is is like it's based on a bunch of American American academics, European sex researchers who were all fucking perverts, you know. So I got into trouble for saying every central trans figure is a, is a nonce. The person who invented John gender identity was a guy called John Money, who had two identical uh, boy twins in his care. Uh, one of them had a terrible accident involving um, circumcision and because it was such a, a, a terrible accident, they made the decision uh, and the parents agreed to this. They thought it was the best way to go to raise one of the boys as a girl. So John Money, who uh, who began this therapy and who suggested it and came up with the whole idea of gender identity, he took these two children into his office and abused them for years, you know? And these kids did not know that anything was untoward about this. They thought it was something they had to do. Now, that's John Money, who invented the term gender identity. And there's other figures around it as well. And, and the, the kind of what you might call laissez-faire attitude towards uh, paedophilia is extraordinary. Do you think that a man who wants to be a woman to the stage of changing or getting rid of his genitalia, that's a mental health condition? Of course. What else would it be? And I, I homosexuality don't... is innate. Yeah. You're not a product of your environment. You can't be born into a certain culture. Homosexuality seems to me like, yeah, a fixed innate thing that it doesn't matter what the culture is around you. You will be attracted towards people of the same sex. Do you think you know? so, yeah? Yeah, whereas trans is very, very much affected by the culture around. Trans is based completely on cosmetic appearance. It's not based on anything except how you look. People want to look like boys, look like girls. It doesn't... It, it's not, And, you know, like, like I saw someone say... What was it? They said something like, you know, if a, if a girl if a girl wants to play football, you buy her a pair of football boots. You don't buy her a binder, you know. And there's been this there's this kind. Of, I, I saw one girl interviewed and she was wearing a binder on some youth show, and she was saying, yeah, I really I started wearing the binder because I really wanted to play sports, you know. It's like, why who said you couldn't play sports? The woman who becomes a man though with the stuff um, they take the testosterone can actually become faster better at football, build more muscle than they would do if they stayed in the female form. It's true, but you don't see many of them on, on male teams. You see a lot of men on women's teams, though. You know? So These you, are bad arguments. I'm sorry, man. I'm not trying to argue it. It's for the listener who just associates you with the figure you've been built to be in the media of the sure. crazed former writer who's now banging on about an issue. So I'm not trying to argue. I'm trying to take right. it down to a basic level in okay, which we'd okay. understand those questions. Sure, sure. I, I, yeah, you know, I mean, look... I think that women who take testosterone and then play women's sports have an unfair advantage. We do. We have doping uh, laws in sports. They should apply for women who want to look like men. It's the same thing. But even when you take a 
you know, shed load of, of uh, testosterone that, that alters your physical appearance forever, it doesn't, it do, you know, it doesn't make, you'll never fare well against a male team or a male comp uh, opponent, you know. And what do you make the number of Hollywood celebrities who now are using trans kids as a... Uh object of celebration well it's a it's it's a hell of a coincidence isn't it i mean we're always told it's such a tiny proportion of the population but and yet they do seem to end up uh in celebrity families you know often you see something that's that i, I find quite melancholy actually which is like you will see the um a celebrity and their sister or their brother will be trans and i get a little sense sometimes of a, a feeling of you know, I, I'm I'm someone too. You know, uh, it's kind of like a way of achieving a kind of personal uh, fame in your own life. You know, but you know, it it it's yeah. Again, it just kind of speaks to me to the the fact that this is a a fad. You know, it's a fad, and and of course Hollywood is going to um, pick it up faster than anyone else because Hollywood has traditionally loved fads. What about the part of the fact that regardless of um what we think of the fact that people believe to be a, a different gender or whatever it's still as you'd say mentally ill people and if they have found their solution to be something like now i identify as a woman or a man and the people around me are going with that so now i can survive this pain that when you're using your platform to completely dismiss it no no i wouldn't i would not say but do you that. think that's sometimes how your critics take it that sure, you're actually you're, you're pushing the foot down on the throat of the already vulnerable yeah well that's 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 the way they frame it because they can't argue it in an honest way you know most of the like i know several transsexuals and they all agree with me you know it's like they i know transsexuals who don't insist on uh, female pronouns who don't use the female toilets you know because they're so convinced that this movement is is you know destroying women's rights and they don't want to be part of it you know so what can, unfortunately there's nothing i can do as i as i say in the book as i point out in the book like someone like pink news has written 75 pieces about me and, and none of them have been glowing i'll tell you that that much so the effect of that is just to build a picture of me that is um completely untrue you know if someone wants to uh Again, a word, it's, it's, you know, these are, these are phrases we have drilled into us, but no one can quite explain what they mean. If someone wants to quote unquote live as a woman, that's, I have no problem with that until it gets into like just a small number of areas, sports, women's rape crisis centers, you know, um, uh, shelters. These are places where these things are important and the kind of people pushing them are usually incredibly privileged and will never need any of these types of places. And the fact that you believe it and the fact that he who was a Y can survive anyhow, like there was never a moment in the peak of the cancellation, the isolation, the bed-sitting hours that you considered stopping changing your mind or even doing yourself. It's quite clearly something you believe and it's something you have nothing to gain off. So the vilification, even by them, to try and... If, if they really believed their stance and tried to educate people on their issue, why would they vilify you? Yeah, I mean, as I say, it doesn't really have a basis. There's no, there's no actual, we can't get any, de we could never get any definitions out of the other side when we're arguing this point. Gender sometimes means sex, sometimes it doesn't, you know. Um, uh, sometimes you ask, what is a gender? You know, how do how do how does one know you have a gender? None of these questions come along because 
there's two things going on. The first is a kind of a, a protective thing. A lot of trans people or people who, who call themselves trans have been told by outlets like Pink News and lots of activists that feminists hate them and want to put their, as you as you say, boot on their neck, you know? And it's not true. They just want to protect a few very specific areas which have been in place since the suffragettes, you know? Did you ever, did we talk last time about the, um, about the uh, urinary leash. Urinary leash was what was in place before the suffragettes, because before there were public toilets that were divided, women wouldn't go into men's into the kind of general toilets because, you know, it, was, it wasn't safe for them. So they were kept on a urinary leash around their own homes. They couldn't go too far from their own homes because there was nowhere for them to, you know, relieve themselves if they had to. So they were imprisoned to an area, you know, and now, and the suffragettes came along, and suddenly that ended, and women have now have the kind of position in society that they have. They're talking about bringing that back. They're talking about creating spaces where women have nowhere to hide. If you're a young girl, if you're like a 16-year-old girl, right, walking around a shopping centre, and a bloke starts to follow you, maybe he's dressed in an eccentric way, you know? Maybe he's got lots of colours on, something like that. She no longer knows that she can go into the women's toilets and hide there until the bloke gets bored and goes away. That was a very important power that girls had, and it's been stolen from them. So it's, we're going back to our nature as the man is the stronger beast who will always demand to control females in society, and trans is just a facade we're using to further facilitate that. Do you think that we're doing the same thing as white men with the promotion of Black Lives Matter and this bullshit? Uh, Pretending to yes, black people that a, we're giving them a power, but it's delivered in a fake way that the corporate white man tells the footballers to kneel. Yeah, this is a very, yeah, I think it's a good, and it wasn't... Uh, is it Robin D'Angelo who wrote uh, who wrote the critical race theory kind of manifesto? Was that her name? But she's white, you know. And it's it's basically uh, it's white people controlling other white people, what they can say, what they can do, how they even think about things. To manipulate the minorities into the illusion of equality, but it's controlled white equality. Yeah, because look what happens when people like, you know, Thomas Sowell or, or some of these kind of more conservative black figures step out of line, they're immediately called Uncle Toms and, and it's got to be open to discussion, everything. Wasn't the man v woman thing due to just the natural strength always the biggest one, though? Yeah, the one, the one that will never relinquish. Like, skin colour sexuality has always been beneath the fact that we have bullied, manipulated and forced women into suppression and we continue to do so today. Do you even think the fact that we... What do you make of the corporate thing that females now work in the corporate world? Is like, does that even matter now? Uh, does the fact that there's more female, like, do, do, do men even want those jobs now? Thirty years ago, I did accountancy, and it was happiness. Mm -hmm. Now, accountancy with the internet and the kind of possibility for entrepreneurship seems like a fucking doldrum, a graveyard. Well, and the that's... females who are overachieving are slipping into the formerly male popular jobs of 20 and 30 years ago. <laughs> I never thought of any of that. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Maybe it's like, uh, you know, what do they call it? Uh, or sorry, I have a phrase for it. Um, uh, the beach, what was the Beach Boys name? Murray Wilson's mixing desk. Uh, Murray Wilson was the manager of, uh, was the father of the Beach, beach Boys. He used to beat Brian Wilson in the bath so as not to get blood anywhere, you know. That's why Brian Wilson was deaf in one ear, you know. Uh, and Murray used to come and he used to uh, push his weight around at the recording uh, sessions. And, he, and so he would be turning the knobs up and he would be doing this. So they built a fake mixing desk for him. 
and they kept it in one corner. I said, this is yours. You can have full control here. And he just sat there just spinning, spinning controls without doing anything and feeling completely happy with himself. So maybe that's, that's, you know, maybe that's what's going on. We, we have a kind of a, we have all these positions that, at, you know, as you say, 20 years ago might have been considered pretty hot stuff. But at the moment, especially with AI coming in, you know, with AI, like I... If you look at the peak of like capitalism we're still in, right? The easiest way to make money now is to be a fucking embarrassing cunt on the internet. Logan fucking Paul and these white men are doing the least work for the most money. That was always the goal. But the women in their field factually have to have their tits and ass out. Mm, their contemporaries are the own the pre people they have on their podcast fanny only fans and they're the equivalent in now the least work for highest money jobs yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. still it seeps up and we yeah. horrify women to do no work for more money and there's a and there's a kind of agreed on kind of um uh fantasy that all this is the same as equality you know yeah it's hilarious like like you know you see you see like oh uh, so you know big f f uh, overweight women can be uh, in dove ads who who cares yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know like i saw the other day on tiktok i was flipping through it and i saw a um, woman with no legs on a lingerie uh, on a lingerie uh, podium uh, catwalk you know who's that who, who's that helping what Is it, are we supposed to say it's good that women with no legs can be masturbated over that's that's an advance you know so yeah no i agree it's 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 like an illusion and the worst thing the worst thing about it though is that women are slightly less well off because at the moment now you know they have they spent this long getting a slice of the pie or an equal slice of the pie and men have just started taking a little bit of their their slice even when you look at the thatcher criticism especially as irishman like it's such an easy route to take and in many ways justify but a lot of her fucking problem was that she had to just become a man and in order to stay in character she just had to overdo the iron shit because if you showed any female tendency in that era you were fucking finished i think there's a lot of truth in that you know yeah the book's very interesting because, and it's very, it's delivered very humorously. Childhood bullying. Yeah. You carry that trauma forever, that where you develop humor, you talk about how you have to end up playing a game of rugby. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that the only person you felt comfortable in was the referee because he apologized when he got in his way. I, I know many people have been there. That concept of nobody is nice to me and I'm thrown into a jungle, but the ref cares enough to yeah. uh, recognize my shift in direction. So you hung around them for the remainder of the game. <laughs> I think that's slightly revealing. And I knew it was revealing, but I didn't quite know how. Does that give you the need to be verbose and rely on critical thought forever because you had to outwit the Neanderthals and it kind of results in it's good when you're 20 and 30 but eventually it comes to a point of the anxiety creeps back up and you just can't let issues go because you do become ultra defensive. Sure, but again, I would say that the reason I'm I'm defensive about about what I'm believing in at the moment is I think it's just basic feminism that we we all apparently are supposed, you know, profess to believe. And no one's backing me up. So it's like, you know, I don't know. That's that's where I... I it's not so much... Uh, but is this the first issue oh, in the history of your life that you couldn't let go? Been... Maybe the abortion thing in Ireland. Because I had that thing that I think is a very... Um, uh, is, a, is a feature of the modern age, which is, you know, a belief that uh, the other side are acting out of um, kind of pure evil, you know, rather than any kind of true principles. I don't agree with that 
point of view I had. I now realize that like yesterday I was just talking to a, a, a guy who's anti-abortion and, you know, he has very good reasons and they were very interesting to listen to. But in the old days, I would have, you know, just dismissed him or blocked him or, or, or you know, been been uh, angrily, angrily abusive to him because of what my ex-wife and I went through, you know, which was, you know, we had to have a termination and it was the only thing we could do. And it would have been led to incredible suffering from my ex-wife and, and the child if, if we'd gone through with the pregnancy, you know. Uh, so that's where I come from. And, and I can't really uh, change my uh, opinion on that. But this guy has come from a different perspective, you know, a, a different story that, that means a lot to him. And uh, yeah, I just we, we went away like normal people had a nice afternoon, a chat about it. And, and it, I really do think it's conversations like those that have made me a slightly better person. The most fucked up thing in the entire situation surrounding you on Twitter is the mockery around the marriage thing as if it's at all somebody's business and also in any field of political disagreement it's just an unusual taunt it's weird it's voyeuresque and it just for me immediately shows those people don't have the ability to listen or engage in anything other than yeah, an emotionally insecure kind of this this debate cannot be fought on a uh, you know a playing field about rationality. Do you and... get down from the irrational criticism though? If you're scrolling on Twitter and someone says ah, you lonely fuck outside of Boozer on your own your family left you, do you care about that? No, no. I mean, you know it's for one thing I don't see it because I don't have um, replies turned on from people who don't follow me. So uh, I just don't see it. Uh, so what I usually see is my own followers kind of um, reacting and with outrage. Was that entire thing completely based off the fact that you got cancelled and committed your life to this, or is that just a media pickup and they threw it into the mix to vilify you further, or was it not just like what any other relationship can go through—a general falling out? Well, of no, love? they released my trans activists released our home address online. They sent the police to the house. Uh, you know, they terrified my family. You know. So, you know, the, in the end, the pressure uh, and co coupled with the fact that I, I was losing my income and I couldn't hold a job down, the pressure just uh, was too much for us, you know. Would you be able to explain, though, that you not understand that I'm a victim of a witch hunt here? To the family. To your family? No, gosh, you could, you just, that's, what well, no, it was impossible. It was impossible. I mean, you know, I'm still close to, uh, I'm still close to my kids and stuff, but um, my own brother-in-law shared a uh, tweet by... A, a troll who's been harassing me since 2007, since the IT crowd came out. And these, uh, you may remember it in the book, it was a website called Cooked and Bombed. And uh, one of these guys has been harassing me for, you know, what's 27? So it's like nearly 22, 21 Why years. Why though? Because he hates me. He just hates me. He didn't like, he didn't like the IT crowd. Uh, he wrote some nasty things about it. I told him to fuck off. And ever since then, he's been absolutely obsessed with me. And so, um, you know, like this guy, as soon as the trans issue came along, he devoted all his energy into that. And my brother-in-law actually shared one of his tweets. So the, 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 the picture that was being built up of myself, I couldn't even break it for people I was close to. He never once approached me to tell me what my problem, we'd never had a crossword. And, uh, but this is true of a lot of people in this fight. Uh, they don't have the guts to actually sit down and tell you what is wrong with your point of view. They're, but they will shoot dirty looks at you, share trolls writing about you, and add to the kind of um, 
you know, shit cloud that's forming around you, you know? But you keep saying in the book that it ruined your marriage. But do you also mutually fall out of love with someone who's not backing you when you're misunderstood? You know, you can imagine what it was like. We had Ardlow Hanlon. Uh, Ardlow was very kind and got in touch with me when, when my dad died, you know? But, uh, but you know, we sent the book to a few people, not Ardlow. Uh, we sent a book to a book to a few people to get quotes, and um, I just didn't send it to Ardell for some reason. Not sure why, but um, no. As far as I know, we haven't fallen out. You know, he did do a, a very unhelpful thing in an interview of saying, you know, of of dismissing it as Twitter spats. You know, and it's like, well, no. You can't ask him why you've given so much time to an online. Listen. But you talk about the dream of Twitter and what can happen here. Lennon mm. and McCartney were all going to be in one. They yeah. met randomly in Liverpool. Imagine the minds that can cross, and then you realize the evil of it late. Yes. But yes. are you just infected now and can't get out, or is there ever a day where you just turn off fucking Twitter and say, "Fuck this! I have my opinion. People know where to get me." Would it nearly be more powerful if you disengaged for six months and let them come to you? Yeah. You still showed up at the protest, still did the street stuff and the, mm-hmm. the speech stuff, but. Does the Twitter trolling actually benefit? But I, what do you mean trolling? Just being overly active on it. Like I, I, I would say that I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just like to use. I've got five hundred thousand followers. I like to use it to try and keep people aware of what's going on because otherwise it's just not reported. I'll tell you one thing that I do, and it's a very, very, uh, it, it's definitely a tactical thing that I like to do. Is uh, is when I see a feminist being bullied by someone, I like to amplify the person bullying them, you know, because I like people to see what these women are going through. Has J.K. Rowling ever got onto you personally? No. Why is she avoiding that, even though she kind of has a similar stance? She's very much about, um, I think, the sisters doing it for themselves, you know. She doesn't really, as far as I can tell, I don't think she tweets men a lot at all. Uh, so, you know, there's probably things that will disprove that and make me feel worse about it. But, you know, I don't, I, I wrote this kind of uh, letter supporting her. I, I, I wasn't looking for anything in return. I just thought, um, you know, there was not, not enough support for her, you know, so... Yeah, it's it's its own reward, you know. It's like, and again, if I would be able to relax a lot, if there were people like I don't know, Ardell or Arthur or Matthews or any of these people who, if they would, you know, just say simple things like, "Yes, women deserve fair sports. Yes, they deserve single sex spaces. Of course, children shouldn't be put on experimental drugs." These are not these are not controversial opinions. Why haven't the late late asked you? Because it's me. It would be one of the most watched episodes of The Late Late ever. It would be an absolute... If they got me, Stella O'Malley and Helen Joyce on, three Irish authors who've been writing about this and have been uh, harassed, uh, thank you, have been harassed beyond belief uh, for writing about it, it would be a, it would be it would be like the old days, you know, the big... be like the old days. But they're too scared. They're, you know, they're not only scared, but there's also, as with every, uh, especially the media... There's activists working within each company just trying to make sure that our voices aren't heard. You talk a lot about in the book about if you ever have the bollocks to go cold turkey off the anti-anxiety medication. I, I, I'm off it now. I came off it. I came out, The book actually helped me come off it. I, I've, I felt better and better as I wrote the book. The truth onto pages. Yeah, yeah. And it was all... In what the... forced you onto it? Was it being vilified by society? Yeah. So self-belief can't override neurologically the feelings of public vilification. Mm, well, mm, you know, I'm a writer, and the way I I have lived my whole life, made my living, and then and, and expressed myself is through writing. So 
writing was was the obvious way for me to for me to do it you know self-belief on its own i need also you know i i i want the things like the Substack to have an impact so you know it's got something like I don't know what it is now, 20,000 people. But why ever beyond the anti-anxiety medication? Because I was going through hell. <laughs> and they were attacking my family, and they were attacking me, and every every article that was coming out was saying I was a bigot. What do you make of the yeah. sheer state of um, comedic and drama writing currently? Just just an obvious um, transition of a soft society. It's, yeah, it's just like a, like a one-legged racer, you know? It's like it's... Uh, if you if there's a whole tranche of subjects and people you can't talk about, if there's a whole issue that you can't address, especially one that is um, transforming society in front of your eyes and you cannot talk about it, then it's going to be hobbled. Do you, you think your vase is funny? Comedy is going to be hobbled. I like I like him sometimes. Do you like yeah. the, the trans stuff, or do you think it's it's not my it's not it's not my favorite approach to it. I like the way Chappelle uh, approached it a lot. Um, Chappelle seemed to do it from a point of view of understanding the gay community and understanding the issues that, that are going on there. Um, you know, and Ricky, Ricky took, uh, Ricky took some shots at things that are kind of self-evidently absurd and, uh, yeah, that's his thing. It, it wasn't, it didn't have hold a huge amount of appeal for me, but, um, I only saw a bit of it. I've been doing stand up, but, but I don't really cover it that much in the in the stand-up are you a good stand-up i'm all right i i'm good at writing material you know the thing i'm not not uh great at is you know you, you the, the way comedians do it is by doing it like a lot and uh, i only do it once a month so i'll never be i'll never be able to handle a drunk crowd or a, or yeah. a you know what i mean we created a, a prison for ourselves an online um you know the the phrase is panopticon you know it's power we 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 now have the power to destroy other people's lives and in, instead of we've never had the conversation of oh we're suddenly very powerful how should we use this power we just got on with using it and the the road behind us is littered with um uh lost livelihoods and careers you know oh no i was i was doomed from the moment i said this first thing about it I, I couldn't have done anything, you know, to mitigate what happened. I guess the only thing I could have done is what everybody else does and issued an apology very, very quickly the first time I came out. You see, I was left-wing. It's the same with Rowling. Me and Rowling were left-wing, impeccably progressive, all the right opinions, uh, and we also had the misfortune to write things that were really beloved by a couple of generations. And so... But isn't know, political labelling a curse then? Why ever, why ever label yourself as a fan of any political side as opposed to just take it issue by issue if this could happen oh, to well, you? Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't do that anymore. And, and in fact, my, my, my impeccable progressive positions have if not shifted, but, but they, I really examine them now. That's what I was going to say. Have you, have they turned you into a conservative? No, but they've, they've, I've stopped hating conservatives and thinking that they're evil, uh, because I know so many lovely ones. And as you know, to, to kind of paraphrase, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, conservatives never called me no bigot, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, but, but, and, but there are issues that like, I'll give you an example. Uh, one thing I I um, have always been worried about is 
if you're on, if you're looking at a TV show and Eddie Izzard is on and, and they're calling him she and her throughout, they're they're directly lying to us. You know, they're just lying to our faces and things like that. Um, they chip away at our trust in certain institutions. I saw, I heard a, a tweet and it makes absolute sense. It kind of tallies with some of my own, uh, you know, uh, vague research on the issue, but we we he was talking about people who ripped down the posters of the kidnapped in Israel and he was talking about uh you know it's just a thing now that they're just ripping these posters down and he said that he has a number of friends who who skipped over that uh massacre you know uh on October 7 uh or was it 11 sorry i don't want to get this wrong 7 yes October 7 um they kind of skipped over it and he uh, was speaking to, to, to them about it and many of them don't believe it happened. Many of them think it's Israeli propaganda that was used to justify uh, a slaughter of uh, Palestinian uh, civilians. Now that's really frightening. If a huge, like Sandy Hook, remember how angry everybody was at Alex Jones for, for, for um, uh, calling them crisis actors. Like to do that for a school is bad enough, but to do it for 1,200 plus people, you know, and my worry is that we're entering into a phase where everybody's going to have a different vision of what reality actually is, and it will make us unstable as a society and ungovernable. Do you do a lot of commentary on Irish society as someone who's kind of lived abroad for 30 years? No, only on this issue. I never really, uh, I, ne I was never that political when it came to Ireland. And, you know, there's a certain things that get me. In the Ireland-Palestine thing. Is I think it's the same as everywhere else. We're being hugely influenced by American commentators, American media, American Silicon Valley companies. Do you know what I mean? America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. That is happening now, but to an even more extreme extent, because, you know, I mean, look at the trans issue. You've got a you've got a you've got a movement that benefits two industries in particular, big pharma, and plastic surgery, yeah. And you've got like who's promoting it? Hollywood, home of plastic surgery, <laughs> you know. Silicon Valley, you know. The it, it, Silicon Valley, the 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 it's a it's a it's a, a a movement that empowers the very men who write the kind of code that goes into these platforms, yeah. you know? People who are spending a lot of time at home in the dark looking at computer screens, you know? Benefits those men especially. So, you know, that, as you're saying, I had that Beatles theory, the world would be a better place, but it just seems to me that it's just too easy for uh, a small amount of very, very interested um, activists to uh, change the world in their favour without without putting much effort into it. Is there any way humans go, fuck this, this isn't real, and we crack on, or is the world over? Is, are, are, are we finished? That's good. Well, I'll tell you, I saw, I saw a video the other day that if I was 18 years old, it really, really would have had an effect on me. And it was, they just said, they just, they asked all these different women, I can't remember exactly the structure of it, and they asked all these different women what they think of men who have no social media. No social media presence whatsoever. And all of them, all of them were like, oh, you know, they're like the sexiest thing you can imagine. It's the sexiest thing you can imagine. And and my son doesn't doesn't use uh, use social media for the most part. And he like, I think if I saw something like that at 18, I would think 
that's how I'm going to be cool. So it's going to become the rock and roll I'm thing. Go- yeah. And, uh, and therefore that then grows. Exactly. Exactly. I think that you might see a kind of a, what's that thing? Non-digital nomad type of thing. What we definitely need, though, is we need to feel that someone is driving the car. There's a, you know, with these, with, with the protests in London recently, you know, Liverpool Street Station was shut down last night by, by, by pro-Palestine pro- protesters. Some of them calling explicitly for the death of Israelis and, and Jews. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very nervous that certain kinds of um, hatreds uh, are just getting kind of revived uh Added after however many years, when seventy years of us saying never again, you know, and it seems to be replaced by you know why not now, <laughs> you know, so it's like uh, it worries me a little bit. But we have to the 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 important thing to do that I'm not sure whether we have even the capability of doing it is to recognise it, you know. As we were saying, do you know what would be a good place to do it? The Late Late Show. To sit in the Late Late Show and talk it out, that would be a good use of the Late Late Show. But there's no adults in the room. There's no one willing to do it. There's no one willing to take the risk. It's um, We might just keep on going in this driverless car until something terrible happens. Do you think there's one big production left in you as a writer when all this comes down? Like, Will you be the pipe-smoking, grey-haired 70-year-old who's still a writer, or will you be the former iconic writer whose life was yeah. committed to the trans thing and you die a... Oh, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, my hope is that, like, this is so insane. So the world calms down, then you calm down with it. Yeah, exactly. There's no chance that the trans shit continues and you go back to just focusing on your life mainly and being able to not be dominated by this issue. You fully sacrifice yourself to the, to this. The way I would simply put it is I, as long as other people aren't joining in the fight, I have to keep fighting. Um, but when they do, I'll be able to relax And when it feels like, you know, institutions have gained control of themselves a bit more, you know, then, yeah, I'll definitely pull back and start trying to think of something funny, you know. And in fact, the stand up, I'm able to do that in a kind of casual way. What does your mother make of all this? She would always always go, would you not write the comedy, you know, and it's like, no one will hire me, no one will hire me. Um, But, but, you know, now that I've written the book, she understands it more and all her and her friends are, are tutting and shaking their heads, you know, so. It's good. The dad dying's obviously a, a moment that obviously a lot of listeners have gone through. Does it make you more comfortable around the concept of death, or does it make you go through a few weeks of what the fuck happens when you die? What's it like seeing someone that close to you move on? Well, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I I I guess around the time he died, I was already in a in a in a quite a dark place. So, um, you know, uh, it just seemed to me. The way I would I would always say it when someone died was uh, I even said it about my dad. I said Vincent Linham checks out, and I just see it like you know we're all in this long line, and we're checking out one by one. Prince Bowie, my dad, <laughs> together at last, um, and uh, you know you're just checking out, and that's your turn, and it goes on. I I I really don't think of it much more than that. The only thing I do think though is that. Uh, I don't really believe in anything beyond beyond life, so I feel like it's it's very important to fill your life with um, meaning or meaning, joy, though. Meaning. And what about joy? No joy too. Yeah, when you can get it, you know. But meaning certainly. It's like you know, if the how like like my yeah. earlier earlier metaphor, if the house is on fire, right, the first thing you do is put it out. 
Everything has to wait until until after that. Then you can find joy and meaning. Have you had periods of genuine peace and contentment as a human being? It was mostly when I when I when I had cancer. I was thinking that like it was a little bit of it in the book, but you know, I, I have a joke in the stand up where I go, uh, you know, uh, I wish I I wish I'd taken the time to enjoy it more because <laughs> it was the last bit of peace that I had. I was just able to have a lie down, and people were taking care of me. And then after that, it just kicked off, and it's never... There, there'd have to be some sort of ADHD or something there, wouldn't there be? That's been suggested, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. But a, a need for stimulation, like you're an easily bored guy, is that it? Yeah, very true, yeah. Well well spotted, yeah. And it's also the thing that kind of means I'm kind of a good comedy writer, because like uh, comedy writers don't really have a deep knowledge of one particular thing. They have a, a, a kind of surface knowledge of a lot of things, yeah. because that's where the jokes are. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. everybody's got the same impressions of things. Um, so yeah, it's kind of suited me. Uh, if I am ADHD, it's 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 made a lot of money for me. Well, Graham Lennon, thanks very much for coming on again, and it's uh, been great meeting you. Thanks, man. Thanks for tuning I really in. Enjoyed it. Thank Cheers, you. man. It's been how many years, my boy? Audio books, David. You still don't know my chairs of joy. No need to go, just take Radio it cast. slow Podcast. And have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Yeah.